0: What next? What next? What next? (sighs) A lot of us don't like that question. It connotes that we have a responsibility, a duty, an obligation to live up to. To most, this question is an unearthening of their cluelessness in life or in destiny. So they run away from it. I am thinking, you're welcome to what they say versus what God says. Many Christians indeed are at loss as to what direction their life ought to take. The options are many and confusing. It's a life full of options, temptations and distractions. What next is a big question. After your big win or your landslide disaster, it's a question that helps you and I to look up, to focus on what lies ahead and not on the trophy of victory or the debris of ruin behind us. A dear man of God once said, at birth, you look like your parents' decisions. Eventually in life, you begin to look like your decisions. You don't hold children accountable for a lot of things that go on in their lives. What they feed on, how they dress, where they live, the schools they attend, and so on. But at some point, every child has got to grow up. Come to the reality that we are responsible for our thoughts and actions. Our decisions and our vices, rather than mere victims of circumstances controlled by someone else. Somewhere in our lives, the question of what ought to come next usually comes after we hit a landmark in our lives or a purpose has been fulfilled. It's a moment of decision-making, determining the next phase of our lives. It's the point from which you either make it or break it. Lots of people, believers included, believe that one can never really know what lies ahead. Just wake up and let life bring what it brings. They say things like, what's gonna be gonna be? Or, always lead to wrong. How sad. Very sad indeed. Isn't it absurd to just wake up and take a random path and believe it will take you all the way to Rome? You don't just begin walking around with the hope of finding your destination, especially if you plan on getting there on time. You have to have a sense of where you're going to. You have to chart the course of your life to ensure that you succeed. You don't just wake up and succeed. You've got to decide it and consciously work on it. It's a decision that you have to keep making with every chance you get and in every opportunity you come across. Success is deliberate. As believers and children of God, we however have an advantage, an opportunity to live life other than anywhere bare face. That tendency is always there. If Belé faces south, you go south. If Belé faces north, you go north. If Belé faces east, you go east. But for us, we have the Spirit of God in us. God knows all, and all of time is in Him. And we are more than mere puppets in His hands. It is not God's intention for man not to know His will. He wants to partner with us to walk with us. Looking at scripture, you'll note concerning the men that mattered with God that they never just set out to do anything on their own. They sought God's counsel most times, and we can testify to the disaster that met them each time they went off on their own counsel. David off to war, Paul and Barnabas into ministry, King Jehoshaphat into war. Hezekiah in the time of peril. Esther into the throne room to plead for her people's lives. Daniel in the lion's den. David before building the temple. They all sought God's face. Imagine David went off to build a monument he was never supposed to build without first asking God, only to find out that God didn't intend for him to build it in the first place. Don't wait till the very last minute like Samson did before you pray. What you think ought to be next might not always look like it ought to be next. It depends on whose eyes and whose lights you're using to see. Proverbs 14.12 in the Amplified Version says, There is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him but at the end of it is the way of death. It says the exact same thing in chapter 16 verse 5. So even in scripture, it bears saying more than once. This death may not be literal death, but a destruction of your life, or your destiny, your ministry, your marriage, or even your family. You've got to be deliberate about your life, In order to make the most out of life, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 15 says, The labor of the foolish weareth every one of them because he knoweth not how to go to the city. It's one thing to know what to do and know where you're going, it's another thing to know how to get there. Refuse to labor without direction and without proper guidance. Until you come to the point where you are totally surrendered to God's will and purpose, your future remains unsure. Your next step, your next move, it could be your last. It could be that one decision that, looking back to in the years to come, you admit changed the course of your destiny. A failed destiny, you see, is a product of several bad decisions, but usually crowned by one beyond which marks the point of no return. So you see, you cannot afford to be haphazard about life. Your life, your ministry, your destiny, your family is what could be at stake. The temptations may be many, especially when the goal is near. Refuse to be distracted. It might be a job with a higher salary. Or with juicier terms of employment a visa to a more developed country relocating from one state to another a change of one's course or study a change of school going into a new relationship in all these things don't be in a haste it says narrow is the way and few are there that find it using the word find there in the bible Indicates a resolve at seeking it has to be found But where How First in his word The light of God's word is available To guide your life to where you need to be As you pay attention to the word your path becomes clearer clearer still Second in the place of prayer. When you come to pray, don't be in a hurry to just rant off what you have to say and then leave. Prayer is not only for pastors and preachers. The Bible says Jesus taught them a parable teaching them that men ought always to pray. Always. If you're a man, if you're a human being, you should pray. Learn to stay with God in the place of prayer. Those two-minute prayers won't get you far in life. So press in. That's when the juice comes out. You may not always feel like it. Stay there anyway. And gradually, you will build the stamina to stay. The Bible says of Elisha that he was a man of like passions. And he prayed. So that tiredness that you and I keep parading as flags... It's not an excuse enough to not pray. Keep aside all of these things because you don't have enough excuses to put you over in life. So if you want to move, you need to put them aside. Third, fellowship. As you pay attention to the word and pray, your spirit becomes more sensitive to the Holy Spirit who also guides you. Fellowship with the Spirit of God in worship. You can start with a few minutes at a time and then grow them. It is God's intention for you, after you get saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. What truth? Truth as regards life, health, finances, marriage, business, education and ultimately the truth of his will. The truth of his will for this generation the truth of his will for your life the children of Israel said we will not go if you will not go with us he gets why so wait even if it's the hardest thing you ever did when he says to move move in that direction move forward tie loose ends or retrace your steps whatever the instruction follow God's instruction to the detail you'll look back one day and be glad you did thank you for listening if this is your first time like the video please subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that depending on what channel you're listening to us from like this article and share with your friends and family don't forget Apocalypsis, our devotional is available should you want one Free and fully paid for. See you in the next episode. Bye.